0: Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And today I'm going to start you off with uh, a boxing, non-boxing related incident that took place on a professional Major League Baseball uh, playing field the other day between a couple of teams, and most importantly between a couple of players and eventually all players. And it was called a brawl and it started out uh, between a couple of players, you may not know their names, but Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson, whereby Jose Ramirez in his scuffle uh, with Tim Anderson caught him with a right hook uh, and and scored, shall we say, a technical knockout, which therefore uh, enabled the brawl, uh, the on-field brawl to uh, erupt uh, in the middle of a baseball game in America, live on TV, Uh, I'm not sure how many people were watching. uh, But it certainly was, uh, frankly, exciting for the fans based on the noise. And you can Google that Uh, I should have put the link in the description. But I forgot. Uh, Doesn't really matter. It's it's, uh, it's all over the internet right now. uh, Because uh, baseball and boxing don't typically go hand in hand. Quote, quote unquote. But uh, in this case, I just thought I'd enjoy the show with a bit of uh, cute, fun, interesting uh, stories that I found. Anyway, another interesting story uh, erupting uh, is uh, the whole Dillian White episode. Um, he, just like Connor Ben, uh, has been found uh, un- undeemed, uh, not fit to fight due to the uh, analysis. Uh, based on uh, the drug, the mandatory drug tests that have to take place over in the UK. Uh, DAZN CEO Joe Murkowski gave an update on the Antony Joshua status regarding a possible replacement for their upcoming uh, tilt, uh, which is now cancelled, but they are probably looking for someone else to fill uh, White's shoes. Who that will be is an interesting equation because there are more than enough suitors uh, to fill Dillian White's shoes, but they're not what the zone truly want in terms of generating uh, pay-per-view numbers. Uh, a good example uh, might inc- include, for example, from a, a British perspective, Derek Chisora. But that would have absolutely no effect whatsoever in North America. No one would care. And Dzoun would not score the dough that they want to score, so my recommendation might be uh, Jared, the real big baby Anderson, um, you know Andy Ruiz Jr. Maybe, uh, Makmudov, Frank Sanchez maybe. Anyway, um, there are there are some people um, who could be pulled into that fight against Anthony Joshua on such short notice if they're prepared. Uh, and if uh, willing and able to fight Joshua. And I just thought I'd bring that to your attention. Pay per view uh, really uh, regulates uh, whether or not fights happen. Uh, it, it's not just uh, people like me saying how important or unimportant these things are. It's really important to the sport of boxing. Pay per view, live streaming, uh, it's, it's uh, happening on a local level and it's happening on an international level. And when it comes to the zone, They wanna see fights that matter, uh, not just simply British versus British fighters. Uh, Now, speaking of, uh, shall we say, American fighters, um, Jake Paul got in the ring, as you know, with Nate Diaz and won. Uh, But what was interesting is the uh, pay-per-views because as we all know, Jake Paul has a substantial history in terms of generating a huge online audience and viewership for his various clips over the years, but not so much uh, for his uh, box, boxing in quotations uh, fights against the likes of uh, who was the first guy he fought uh, the uh, Nate Robinson the the, the basketball player then he took on uh, Woodley a couple of times and uh, Askren you know you know pretty well. Burned out MMA fighters, and you know he beat uh, Diaz, who put up a good fight, or maybe a good show would be a better word uh, for his fans in the audience and online. Which doesn't seem like it amounted to much. For example, in in his in Jake Paul's first bout against Ty- Ty- Tyron Woodley, they sold roughly half a million pay per views, um, but the rematch uh, brought in only sixty five thousand pay per views. So, um, you know, Jake Paul's numbers, if you will, are going down. His paydays are great, uh, but his numbers in terms of uh, pay-per-views are definitely on a decline. So it will be interesting to see what the pay-per-views for the Nate Diaz fight were or are. I'm not sure we'll ever know, uh, but it has been reported they are less than a million, greater than 500,000. We'll wait and see. Uh, with respect uh, to that particular fight, that bout uh, that took place on the undercard, we saw Amanda Serrano take on Heather Hardy, and win. Uh, you know, a decent, absolutely, absolutely decent uh, female um, in the ring, and uh, she's now forty-five, two and one with thirty knockouts, and retains her undisputed featherweight championship. And by the way, she's actually good friends uh, with Heather Hardy. Um, another fighter on that card, Shadisha Green, uh, scored a unanimous decision over 10 rounds over her opponent, Olivia Curry, uh, 99, 91, 190 and 189. So it was a strong showing uh, for Green, who's now 13 and 0, uh, with 11 knockouts, by the way, and is something that I'm sure, uh, MVP, most valuable promotions are pretty happy with, uh especially seeing that clarissa shields is calling her out um but that will be interesting to see if that happens you know but she's definitely a, a contender uh, because there aren't many uh in their weight class 160 168 the other being the uh, uk champ savannah marshall so we'll have to see what happens with, with her career moving forward uh, but the fella uh, who also uh, was on the undercard uh who scored a really decent knockout uh, Ashton Silva also signed to MVP, I might add. Uh he knocked out William Silva. Uh, it was a terrific showing for the 19-year-old Silva, who's now got an undefeated 10-0 record with nine knockouts. And so regardless of his uh, you know, management by Jake Paul, it's it's actually, as a boxer, he needs to be taken quite seriously. He's obviously got the speed, the power, and the skills, uh, and, and great composure for someone that's so young. So anyway, he, he, he dropped, uh, as I said, William Silva, who's got a 30-5 and five record, 18 knockouts, um, in, in the second round uh, with a body shot and then went for the knockout later in the fourth. So keep him on your radar. He's someone to look out for. Elsewhere around the world, uh, over in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, uh, you might have been familiar with our stories over the past few weeks about uh, Tank Davis. Well, I did not realize that Tank Davis has a promotions company. And uh, let, let me just uh, read what uh, uh, Vince, Vince the writer over at uh, BoxingNews24.com has to say in this interesting article. I find it interesting because I've been saying for a long time, these boxers who make a lot of money, if they want to maintain the popularity of the sport and grow the popularity of the sport, perhaps should invest some of their well-earned money into young fighters. Well, here's a case where that has actually happened. Uh, The writer writes, Dominic Dimes Crowder and Mia Killer B. Ellis both won titles in their hometown at the GTD Challenge, which took place uh, at the Coppin State University Physical Education Complex in Baltimore, Maryland. The event marked the promotional debut of Nikki Cobbs and Brandy Murphy of Bad Girl Promotions as they collaborated with Calvin Ford and Kenny Ellis of GTD, which is Gervonta Tank Davis Promotions. The GDT Challenge was a very entertaining event that consisted of amateur fights, pro debuts, and a couple of promising prospects receiving the opportunity to fight for a title. Kicking off the main card was Mayweather Promotions' highly touted welterweight prospect and Washington, D.C. native Jalil Major Hackett as he defeated Jorge Sosa. Uh, Hackett immediately set the tone in the first round by getting inside, landing accurate shots, and displaying good punch placement. Um, Let me have a quick read here. In the co-main event, the hometown favorite who developed her skills at the Upton Boxing Center mia killer b ellis who i mentioned earlier is now seven and one with six knockouts uh beating jessica emmerich and in the process won the national boxing association lightweight title good for her um jessica emmerich uh no no uh slouch uh you know was, was having a good fight uh and throwing uh, her best offense but got caught with a counter left hook the center of the canvas and probably put an end to her night, anyway. A vacant title belt was up for grabs as well in the main event as Baltimore native Dominique Dimes Crowder scored a unanimous decision victory over Filipino boxer Kenny Demichilo. He's 17 7 and 2 with 10 knockouts, and in the process, Crowder won the WBA International Bantamweight title. Uh, and that was uh. Let's see, round after round, other than that. Another results from the ninth. Sorry, I'm just jumping forward. It's a lengthy article. Uh, Rafil Yari, one and one, defeated Christopher Wright uh, by second round knockout. Super middleweight Sean Silky Hemp 16 and one, by the way, dominated Christian Thomas, 11 and four, and got the six round stoppage. Two super featherweights made their pro debuts as Damari Filson, now one and defeated. Adarian Edwards, 0-1, by way of first-round stoppage. After being punished by Philson throughout the opening round, Edwards informed the referee that he didn't want to continue. A pair of middleweights also made their pro debuts as Monier Gregory, 1-0, defeated Jamorian Smith, 0-1, by first-round knockout. It took Gregory less than 30 seconds to land a devastating right hand, followed by a vicious left uppercut that instantly put a halt to the contest. So congratulations to all involved not only in the fights, but those who organized and administrated those fights as well. Uh, I will reach out uh, to those people and see if they're interested in having the crew from Talking Fight uh, live stream upcoming events. Hopefully they'll be interested and hopefully the rest of the world will be able to see those fights live as they happen. Good stuff from Gervonta Tank Davis. Um, Over in Massachusetts, history was made at Polar Park the home of the Boston Red Sox A affiliate, uh, the worst Red Sox, the, the Woo Sox, as they're known, um, which hosted its very first boxing event in their stadium. It's called Punch-Out at Polar Park, under the stars at its award-winning minor league ballpark. The Punch-Out at Polar Park Pro-Am card was presented by Sherns Boxing Promotions, who I mentioned last week, in conjunction with Kendrick's, Ball's Camp Get Right. <laughs> it certainly took a lot of hard work from a lot of good people, including my partner, Kendrick Ball Sr., and my family. SBP President Chuck Shearn said, it was a historical event, and I hope everybody had a good time. It was fantastic stuff because Kendrick Ball uh, Jr. pitched a shutout at the venue that helped uh, build as a union construction worker. Wow, cool. Uh, hometown Hero Kendrick Papa Ball, Jr., 21-1-3, 21, one, 21 one and three, 12 knockouts, sent the fans home happy. As I said, pitching a shutout in the main event versus Oscar mastro Royosas, uh, 28 28-17-3, and three, 60 knockouts, winning by scores of 80-72 three times. Uh, Ball had, in a workmanlike strategy, outboxing his Mexican opponent and then breaking him down in the final two rounds. Rio has proved to be a crafty southpaw with invaluable experience, having fought world champions Carlos Congora, Irishman uh, Joseph Ward, and top contender Diego Pacheco. Uh, leading up to the fight, said Ball Jr., uh, that fighting at home in the first boxing event at Polar Park wasn't my focus. Now it means a lot to me uh, to accomplish what I want to and have my fans watch and make some new fans too. Uh, needless to say, I will be contacting Shern's Boxing as well to see if they also would like uh, Talking Fight crews down to uh, help live stream their events and show the world what kind of talent they are bringing up through the ranks. Uh, BoxingNews24.com has another story by Dan Ambrose. Uh, Upcoming fight between Emmanuel Navarrete and Oscar Valdez, who will be going to war this Saturday night in a 12-rounder, expected to be a firefight, uh, is being shown on ESPN Is being held at the Desert Diamond Arena in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, Navarati, 37-1, and one, 31 knockouts, looked a little sloppy earlier this year in capturing the vacant WBO super featherweight title with a ninth round knockout of Leon Wilson last February. Although Navarati got the win, he was stopped and apparently technically unsound, getting knocked down in the fourth by Wilson and hammered until the Aussie gassed out after the fifth. Um, ESPN and ESPN Plus, speaking of live stream, will show the Navarrete versus Valdez event as happening this Saturday night uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Um, let's see if there's anyone on the undercard here. Oh, by the way, Valdez has fought far superior opposition than the with wins over these fighters. Scott Quigg, uh, Robson Cancheco, Miguel Belchelt, Shakur Stevenson, Genesis Cervania, and Adam Lopez. Ah, here's the undercard. It's well-stocked with lightweight contender Raymond Murtala fighting Diego Torres-Nunez in a chief support bout, and 2020 U.S. Olympian heavyweight Richard Torres Jr. battling Willie Jake Jr. Good stuff. Another undercard action, we're going to see Lindolfo Delgado take on Jair Valteria, uh, Sergio Rodriguez against Eduardo Ayaya, Antonio Morales versus Jajan Cala- Callaway, Emmanuel Vargas versus Jorge Alvarado and Richard Ruva Calba um, will be fighting someone to be announced at a later date. Uh, said uh, Joe Tessitore at uh, top Rank uh, boxing. He said, you want to talk about a fight between Emmanuel Navarrete and Oscar Valdez? That'll be an absolute war, he said. So we look forward to the results on that fight. Elsewhere chordale the gift booker 19 and 1 realizes that he's at a pivotal moment in his career the 32 year old is in the final stages of preparation to defend his wbc us super welterweight title for the first time against nicholas hernandez 27 6 and 3 by the way 12 knockouts the bout serves as the main event of the massive pro and amateur card taking place on august 12th at the mohegan sun arena in uncasville connecticut it'll be the third fight of 2023 for the stanford native who appreciates the activity ces boxing is providing him after fighting only once a year in 2020 2021 and 2022 says booker uh, i haven't fought this many times since 2018 activity goes a long way for a fighter like me because i build on whatever i did in my last fight in training camp we build on whatever went well and work on what didn't go well that I need to improve on Um, a lot has improved for Booker who's looking to make it three wins in a row now after a disappointing knockout loss to Austin ammo Williams back in 2022 and looking back at that fight Chordale Dale realizes that he took the opportunity at a higher weight class for the money and exposure that a big fight at Madison Square Garden would bring what he hadn't considered was how inactivity could impact his performance on fight night He said i was off for a while before that fight i tore my achilles and then COVID happened i rushed things instead of uh, taking on guys i could beat and get my rhythm back i wanted to jump right in there and fight guys on the same level as when i left but i was no longer at that level i need to build back to where i was before and so that experience may have been a blessing in disguise it marked a turning point for booker Who knew he'd cut some corners leading up to that fight and need to rededicate himself more fully to the sport to reach his full potential. Um, Let's see here if I've got anything else. Wow, it's a long story. You might uh, find all that story if you care to. uh, Worldboxingnews.net. And he'll be fighting, as I say, in a couple of days, uh, taking on Nicolas Hernandez. Elsewhere, and uh, for the final story of the day, I'm going to talk about uh, Keith Thurman, who's been in the news recently, mainly uh, due to a battle of the sexes, has been thrown at him, but that's really not his cup of tea. Um, He would really like to fight uh, either Geron Boots Ennis or, of course, um, uh, Crawford, Terence Crawford. He goes, uh, the need to reach, uh, let's see, this is on BoxingScene.com. The need to reach Boxing Summit is evident for Jaron Ennis, but while he's effortlessly pushing away the welterweight contender after welterweight contender, he hasn't quite reached his goals. Wins over Thomas DeLorme, Sergei Lipnitz, and most recently Roman Villa have been helpful, but Ennis has a particular fighter in mind that he would like to face. Of course, the 26-year-old is hoping to land a showdown against newly undisputed champ Terrence Crawford. However, Keith Thurman has always been pertinent to the career of Ennis. The former Unified title holder hasn't said much of late, but he's heard Ennis, 31-0, 28 knockouts, loud and clear. Although he understands a young Philly star has tons of skills and a growing fan base, Thurman, who's 30-1, 22 knockouts, reminded the current IBF interim champ, that where he wants to go, he's been there for several years now. Said Thurman, he's still climbing. I've been up here. While Thurman has remained one of of Welterweight's elites, it appears only a matter of time before Ennis joins him. The slick switch hitter has looked practically untouchable, mercilessly stopping normally durable contenders. His handiwork, while impressive, isn't striking any fear into the heart of Thurman, although activity hasn't exactly been a strong suite of late, that's for sure, fighting just three times in a six-year span. Uh, Thurman does remember what it's like to take the O of a hot name from the city of brotherly love. A special note to Tim Witherspoon, our cohort on the Friday Night Panel. In March of 2017, the now 33-year-old fought toe-to-toe with Danny Garcia, The former two-division champ from Philadelphia may have turned up his aggression in the later rounds, but it was Thurman who eked out the win. From his point of view, facing Ennis is no different. With an undefeated record against Philly fighters, albeit a small sample size, Thurman views a matchup against Ennis as essentially analogous to a showdown versus Garcia. He said, in conclusion, like I ain't beat up no Philly boys before. It ain't nothing new to me. Try my best. All right, there you go, sports fans. Appreciate it. Uh, remember, to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. We'll see you later on. Thank you for joining me here on Talking Fight. Appreciate it.